who are faithful in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul would never have written to the Corinthians what he wrote to the Colossians and the Ephesians, because the Corinthians were carnal saints, and he couldn't give them the strong meat of the word. He said he had to feed them on the milk of the word. And you'll notice in the first two verses of Colossians and Ephesians that they are addressed to the saints and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And it takes something special, extra special, to understand them. Because in the first chapter of Ephesians, Paul gave this prayer that the Father of glory would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what the, is the hope of his calling and the riches of his inheritance in the saints and the mighty power of God that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and placed him at his own right hand far above the, in the heavenly. Now the truth of Ephesians and Colossians the high and holy, wonderful truth is very seldom preached. It is the ultimate, it is the highest truth in all the Bible you'll find in Ephesians and Colossians. So it says in the third chapter, If ye then be raised or risen with Christ. Now the word if in the Greek has a double meaning. Uh, in one uh, the one word, if, has in it the element of doubt. But this uh, does not have the element of doubt. This has the meaning of inasmuch as you have been, or since you have been. Every saint has been raised with Christ. Now, you know the great fundamental truth of, uh, to learn before you go to Ephesians and Colossians. Uh, the foundation truth is the epistle to the Romans. And there are several verses here in the sixth chapter. After he tells us that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, he asks this question. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, with respect to sin, everybody in this world is dead. The unsaved person is dead in sin. The saved person is dead to sin. That is positional. But they do not prove it always by their behavior and conduct. But in the sight of God, every person who is saved is dead to sin. Every unsaved person is dead in sin. Now he says, know you not that so many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So immediately we see that a believer is identified with the Lord Jesus Christ in his death. And in Luke twelve fifty, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of his death as his baptism. He said, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straight until it be accomplished? So we become identified with the Lord in his death. But the Lord not only died, he was buried. And he was raised from the dead, then he ascended up to heaven. And the full identification means that we are identified with him in his death, 
We're buried with him, we're raised with him, we're risen with him, and then we'll see that we're seated with him. Now notice. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And in the uh, uh, 13th verse it says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. We see then that the believer is said to be alive from the dead. Now that prepares us for the great truth, the wonderful truth in the second chapter of Ephesians. If you have your Bible, if you'll turn there. Uh, some time ago, I mentioned the fact that I was uh, talking with uh, one of the leaders, the uh, leading politicians of this city. I had an appointment with him. Uh, he's a Jew man, and uh, out in the waiting room were several, and one of them was a lawyer. He looked at me and he said, are you a lawyer? I said, no, I'm a preacher. He said, what do you preach? I said, I preach the Bible. You believe the Bible? I said, yes. I believe all of the Bible. I believe the Bible is God's word. And uh, he said, do you preach Christianity? I said, yes. He said, have you ever seen a Christian? I said, yes, I have. Well, he said, listen, I've been reading Matthew 5, 6, 7, and 8. And if a person is a Christian who obeys Matthew 5, 6, 7, and 8, you have never seen a Christian, neither have I. Well, when I heard that Jew make that statement, I thought of the statement of another Jew. A Jew who said, a rabbi who said to Joseph Parker, he said, Dr. Parker, it was not your Jesus who gave you evangelical Christians your gospel of grace. That was the Apostle Paul. He said, your Jesus was a Jew. And he spent his life in the land of the Jews, and he spent his life under the law, and what he taught mostly was Judaism. Well, that Jew wasn't altogether right, but he wasn't altogether wrong. But if you say, uh, we'd agree with the Jew, that no person is a Christian unless that person obeys Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and if we have never found a man who does that, I wonder if we've ever found anyone that has ever obeyed the third chapter of Colossians. Well, I want to thank God we do not have to be perfect in our behavior to get into heaven. If that was true, we'd never get into heaven. But you can't get into heaven unless you are perfect. But not perfect in your walk and in your conversation and your state, but you must be absolutely perfect in your standing. And the babe in Christ, or the carnal Christian, is just as perfect in God's sight, so far as his standing is concerned, as the most consecrated spiritual Christian in the world. Because we're not saved by what we do. We're not saved because we behave. As we said, the only way for a dead sinner to become a living saint is to be the workmanship of God. And when God, uh, we become a living saint, it's not because of what we do for God, but what God does for us. But that was not true while Christ was on earth, as we'll see in a moment. But notice the uh, second chapter of Ephesians. 
You have he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, when in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. Now you know what the course of this world is. And that's exactly what the sinner is when God says to the Christian, uh, be not conformed to this world. The Christian is molded and uh, the sinner is molded and conformed uh, to the world because he is of the world. And God says all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, it is of the world. And the will will pass away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. Therefore God says, Love not the world, neither the things of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now notice what he says. He walks according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now there's a picture of the sinner. Now we enter into God's faint factory. That's what you have in the next five verses. How God makes a saint, and the human material out of which God makes a saint. You see the human race there. They're dead in trespasses and sin. They're walking according to the course of the world. And they are by nature the children of wrath. The children of disobedience controlled by Satan. But here we have one of those, the uh, 13 times in the New Testament scriptures we have the two words, but God. They're wonderful words. Get your Bible and go through and mark those 13 times we have, but God. And uh, the good news here now, but God. But God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin. How could God love a spiritual corpse? That's whatever sinner is. A spiritual corpse, dead, alienated from the life of God, a child of wrath. But notice. Even when we were dead in sins, yet made us alive together with Christ, by grace you are saved. And he has raised us up together. And he has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Beloved, uh, very few people know this truth. Isn't that right? This is uh, translated 25 times in the New Testament scripture, sat down. When the Lord sat down in the boat, when the Lord sat down at the table, it's the same Greek word, sat down. Only here we have a little prefix which means together with. If you're a saved person, uh, God says he has made you to sit down in the heavenlies in Christ. And our citizenship is in heaven from whence we look for the Savior to come. In the book of Matthew, you'll find this expression, on the earth, on the earth, on the earth. In Ephesians, it's in the heavenlies, in the heavenlies, in the heavenlies. Let's go back just a moment to Matthew, and I'll show, I think you'll find out here what that Jew meant when he said, if a Christian is one who practices and obeys the 
5th, 6th, and 7th chapter of Matthew, he said, I have never seen a Christian, neither have you. All right, let's go back to the uh, 5th chapter of Matthew and notice. He says here, first of all, in the 5th verse, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, it doesn't make any difference how meek a member of the body of Christ should be. You'll never inherit the earth, but you're going to inherit something that's a high calling, a heavenly calling. You won't inherit the earth. You'll be raised up and you'll be made to sit down in the heavenlies in Christ. Now, notice what he says again here. He says in the ninth verse, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We do not become the children of God because we're peacemakers. We become, in the day of grace, we become the children of God because Jesus Christ made peace through the blood of his cross. He's the peacemaker, Colossians 1.20. He made peace through the blood of his cross. And we come by faith to Calvary, and we accept the peacemaker and the peace that he made, and just that moment we become the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You do not become a child of God or a Christian by anything you do. But that's not true in the book of Matthew. Notice what we say here. He says, uh, notice in the uh, the, uh, 21st verse, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Rachel shall be in danger of the council, and whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Every single one of us would be in danger of hell fire if that applied today, because every one of us is called somebody a fool. He says, if you call a man a fool, you're in danger of hell fire. Now notice, he said, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath fought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Now, we have many altars, because an altar, the Hebrew word means a place where only bloody sacrifice is offered. We don't have any sacrifice to offer because the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, and once in the end of the ages, he appeared and put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That was the end of the altars. There hasn't been an altar uh, since the Lord died on the cross because we have many sacrifices to put on the altar. But here he says, leave thy gift at the altar. And we can't do that because we have many of altars. Now notice, agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. And then he says, uh, in the, notice in the 33rd verse, you've heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. And I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, neither by the earth, for it is God's footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy, thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. You've heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other. So if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy cloak, let him take thy cloak also. You know, you couldn't be a Christian and be a lawyer. 
according to the book of Matthew. And you couldn't bring a lawsuit against anyone if you were practicing what is in the uh, book of Matthew, that you knew what he was talking about. And he says if a Christian is one who obeys the commandments of the Lord in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he says, I've never seen a Christian, neither have you. This is the Lord talking about the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the kingdom of heaven is going to be established on this earth. And when the millennium is established on earth, all of these things will be in order. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asks of thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. And he said, if you lend any money, lend it to somebody who cannot pay you back. And if you make a feast, never invite anybody to a meal that will invite you back, you believe in reciprocity. Don't give a Christmas gift to somebody that you're expecting a gift from. And he said, if you make a feast, get the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind and those that are penniless and cannot invite you back. That's what you're to do in the kingdom of heaven. Well, if you go through and read all of these things that you're told to do here, and when you're told to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, you're never to pray that in public. He says, If you pray, Our Father which art in heaven, he says, You go into the closet and close the door. And he said, Don't pray it publicly. And then he says, If you give any money, don't give it publicly. You can't, uh, if you obey these things, go home and read all of these things, and you say it's impossible. I told you about the young lady that came in. She was poor, but had been selling portions of the Bible. I said, what, or giving them out. I said, uh, she wanted a contribution to give out, to, to pay for the portions of the Bible to give out. I said, what have you been giving out lately? She said, I've been giving out the book of Matthew. I said, why don't you give out the book of Romans? Well, she said, is Matthew just as much inspired? Yes, I said, absolutely. But Matthew is a message that's not written primarily to the people of this age. It, uh, the things that the Lord told them to do in Matthew, he didn't tell one single Gentile to do any of those things. Everybody he told was the, the people that belonged to God's kingdom nation, to the nation Israel. So after she talked for a little while, I said, now to explain to you what I mean, here's my Bible. You take the book of Matthew, and I, I'm a sinner, and I want you to lead me to the Lord. She said, what do you mean? I said, go ahead. You expect to be a soul winner if you're going out and giving the Bible. Take the book of Matthew and lead me to the Lord. I want you to get it. And uh, the moment she began to tell me the thing, I quoted these 20 things in the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapter. I said, do you do any of those things? She said, no. Well, I said, why are you taking me over the book of Matthew to lead me to the Lord? Well, she said, what are we going to do about coming to me all you to labor and the heavy laden? I'll give you rest. I said, that's fine. That's the 11th chapter. Turn to the 15th chapter and see what happened there. The Lord said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I said, I don't belong to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he wasn't saying unto me, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. You know, it says that Jesus Christ gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And the Gentiles' due time was not while Christ was on earth. And it wasn't for the first few, few years after Christ died on the cross. Well, let's get the positive side. Let's go over now. And uh, all week, let's you and I see if we can uh, practice the third chapter of Colossians. I think this is a high and holy standard. And uh, we say, if a Christian is one who perfectly obeys the third chapter of Colossians, perhaps we haven't uh, seen any Christians. But we have been raised with Christ. Now he said, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on this earth. 
or when we think of the commercialized Christmas and what's coming up now. Uh, the whiskey and the cigars and all the packages they're getting up and all the worldly things that they're coming. And the people certainly, uh, they have the word Christ in Christmas, but they're certainly putting their affections on things that are on earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye appear with him in glory. Therefore what? Put to death. Therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things take the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, city, and bond nor free, but Christ in all, and is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness, of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Beloved, if everybody on this earth would practice the third chapter of the book of Colossians, we'd have the millennium without the return of the Lord, so far as the human race is concerned. Think of there, uh, what we're here. Above all these, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spirituals, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the place, not with eye service as men pleases, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Exuco. Exuco is the soul. Whatever you do, let it be out of your soul. No lip service. You remember what the Lord said? You worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Oh, how many, how much there is of lip service. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily. From the soul, as to the Lord and not unto man, knowing that of the Lord he shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord God. But he that doeth wrong shall receive of the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respected person. I'm sure that every one of us are very happy and very glad to know that we do not have to obey everything in the chapters of Matthew, and we do not have to perfectly obey the third chapter of Colossians in order to get into heaven. If we had to obey this perfectly, there wouldn't one of us in here tonight get into heaven. But that doesn't mean that we should lower the standard in any way. This is the high and holy standard of the Lord. As I told you about those men, the three men that came to me, when I was preaching to the Christians and they said, at the end of four or five nights, three men came up and said, Brother, you make it so hard, nobody on earth can live that. 
And I said to them, if you and I had to live as perfectly uh, as the Apostle Paul, who said, I'm a pattern and an example, I said, perhaps we wouldn't be saved. But I said, this is God's standard. This is God's standard. And within a few days after that, I began to preach the gospel. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. And I said, you don't have to turn the weight of your finger over to be saved. You're saved by grace through faith without doing anything. You're not saved because you behave. You behave because you're saved. You're not going to heaven because you come to some church organization or some assembly. You come there because you're on the way to heaven. We behave because we believe and we are saved because we believe. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. And that's God's high and holy standard. And he said he's able to make all grace abound toward us that always having all sufficiency we might abound toward every good work. All right, now we're going to have some good work right now. We're going to have the offering. And uh, everyone can give a testimony now in this way. We have an extra expense tonight, quite a heavy expense, and we want you to make a very special love offering. We were going to take two offerings, but the weather kept so many people away. So we'll get off. <laughs>